let's go. Let's go. Man, what a night. What a night. What a game. It, it was it was funny because as as the game progressed, and I welcome you into the Plank Show because uh, I think this is going to be a fun softball-filled show. Oh, uh, Tara Henry is going to join us. I just have to text her and confirm a time. Joey Helmer at 11 a.m. this morning. And we'll also add one Josh Helmer back to the mix today. And you. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. If you know what you want to talk about before we even hit the air, you can hit us up there. Or, or you can use the old-fashioned way. You can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino Lucky Line, um, Jackpot Line, uh, Blackjack Line. Whichever way you want to put it, baby, I'm all about it. 405 329 and I am a sucker for the Twitter.com. So at Josh on Ref, I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us at KREF Sports. Now, I mentioned it's a big softball-heavy show today because not only is Oklahoma one step away from a national championship, number six in program history, fourth in six years, but – I, I truly think there's a fascinating discussion to be had about what to expect from Texas tonight. And I'm not here to my, – my friend Whitley Simmons, who I'm just – I'm absolutely crazy about, she gets mad at me if I spend too much time building up Texas or building up an opponent. She gets mad. She's like, did you pay attention this year? But I think – I think there's a part of me that is just in awe of what we're seeing. In fact, so much so, I mentioned my affinity for Twitter. We joked last night and said, we need new adjectives. We need to come up with a new way to describe what we're, what we're seeing right now. And in all honesty, it, it kind of defies explanation. I... We are in a championship setting, right? This is not a conference series in March. This isn't a an early season tournament where maybe an arm isn't ready. This isn't normal. This was the championship series. Now, I know some might say, well, Plank, you can go back in history, not too far, and Oklahoma had a game that went against them where they lost in what was the previous high for, or actually tied for, the high in a championship series when they beat Oklahoma in 2019. And I would have to say, yes, yes, you are correct. Things did not go the Sooners' way that year. And they ended up falling to UCLA in game one by a final score of 16-3. to Oklahoma came back, had the dramatic home run from Shane Knighton. Uh, UCLA won the title on a walk-off that year. And what's wild is 
I've compared a lot of what happened in 2019 to this year because in 2019 they came in as the uh, decisive hands down number one. Uh, UCLA had the player of the year, but they they had Alabama who had played them well and they beat them in the first round and they had to beat them two more times. On the uh, in the Sunday elimination game, they had a tight game with an arch rival uh, in the middle of that. Why well, say a, a tight game that they blew open like they did against OSU, they did against Texas this year. But that's where the similarities stop. <laughs> because you get to the championship series and you're not supposed to be doing this. You're not supposed to be putting a five spot on the board in the first and then scoring every inning thereafter. You're not supposed to be hitting 438 with runners in scoring position. You're not supposed to be uh, getting your leadoff hitters on as often as they do. You're not supposed to be, as a team, hitting 444 in a game. You're not supposed to have – where's my two-out RBI stat? You're not supposed to have seven two-out RBIs in a game like that. You're just not. It is the best of the best. And last night, Oklahoma just put on an absolute show. And the question now becomes, where, where's the mindset? You put 16 up. You didn't put five, eight, nine. You put 16 up. So is it a, a Texas team behind Estelle Check who rallied them against Oklahoma State who comes out and finds a way to at least slow down the Oklahoma attack? Because we're three games removed from OU not having an at-bat with a runner in scoring position in their game against UCLA. Three games. And in those in those two since, they've put up 31 runs in those two games since. That's what I call a response. And at the very least, last night, they had 16 at-bats with a runner in scoring position. And, oh, by the way, they also stranded eight base runners last night, too. If Texas ended up cashing in on every single base runner that reached base, they would still lose by six runs. I mean, so it'll be fascinating to see what happens tonight with the Texas response. I think we all know how Oklahoma is going to respond. I think we get how OU is going to come out and attack things here this evening. But um, I'm just I'm just so fascinated to see if Texas has any fight left in them because, as I've brought up many times, this is a Texas team that doesn't seem to wake up until they're facing elimination. You, you go back to the... Super Regional, and in said Super Regional against Arkansas, again, it wasn't 16-1, to but they lost their first game 7-1. to And they looked done. You thought, oh, well, here's Arkansas, finally the team that should be number two, getting the, uh, the shine that they deserve, and it just – they ended up getting – they scored one run the next two games. Now, 
granted, in that super regional, you you didn't have a Haley Dulcini who just I don't know how you got she looks cashed. She looks done. And you hate to say that about anyone, but Dulcini in that Arkansas series did have a gym. She had a complete game five hitter. You also had an absolutely fantastic start from Sophia Simpson, who struck out seven in a complete game five hitter. But I'm still trying to figure out what was going on when Sophia Simpson came in the game. Yeah, say me, you're, there was blood on her jersey. Yeah, there may have been, but blood on your jersey or even changing a jersey doesn't take that long. I, what the hell? That was, unless the um, the, athletic, or the equipment manager couldn't find the extra jersey, whatever it might be. It just, it was, and then she came in there and faced two batters, and you're like, get her out of there. Get her out of there. So, unless Estelle Check can spin a gym tonight, they don't have that pitching like they did in the Super Regional. So, I'm sitting here trying to find ways to to generate concern. And it sounds terrible, but I just, I can't. Even when Oklahoma faced Estelle Check in April, they really they, they really lit her up. You know, if, if it was Dulcini with the freshness of Check, maybe that's one thing. And Check was okay against Oklahoma State the other night. But she brings, what she does is she brings a little juice to the circle. And, I mean, listen, I'm not here to, to say anything bad about Oklahoma State. But it's, it's not like Oklahoma State had been knocking the cover off the ball in this Women's College World Series. But in Estelle Check, at the very least, you have someone that in the month of June in the Women's College World Series has already thrown more. Think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. You've already seen Estelle Check throw more in the Women's College World Series than she did in the entire month of May. And they play softball every weekend in May. And you still have midweek games. She pitched three innings in the entire month of May. She has, in the Women's College World Series, pitched 19 and two-thirds of an inning. Or, or pardon me, pardon me. I, I tried to add the regional against Weber State. Um, she's pitched 12 and two-thirds. I mean, it's just... She's pitched more in the postseason, as far as innings are concerned, than she did... I want to say over her last six appearances in the regular season, which dated all the way back to April 20th. So either it's someone that's found something or it's you're just you're you're throwing something out there to see if it can make a difference. Because this is the type of offensive run that you just you don't see. And it's fun. I mean, it is <laughs> it's fun. From an Oklahoma perspective, right? And you put yourself one win away from a title. But you, you start looking down all these numbers. Jocelyn Allo, 34 home runs. Leader in college softball. 122 in her career. She set the Women's College World Series single game record with five runs scored. Which is wild. She also broke the record for most runs in a single World Series. 11 runs scored. They have at least hit home a home run in a game in 28 straight games. They've homer now in 55 of 61 games. And oh, we had the number on Jana Johns last night, hit by pitches. 
That number had her career tally up to 96. Only one person has been hit by pitch more in their career than Janet Johns. <laughs> so you have all these homer records, and you have Janet Johns just out there wearing one to get on base for the team. Six home runs. Oklahoma doubled its previous Women's College World Series game record. The previous record of three was accomplished three times. It also set a record in the championship series. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, look at these records. Career home runs, career home runs in the World Series, single home runs in a game. Series runs scored, single game total bases, single game runs scored, series RBI, single series team runs scored, or women's college World Series teams runs scored. Oklahoma scored 54 runs, breaking the record of 50. Margin of victory, 15. Home runs by a team in the World Series. They tied the 21 team with 15. And Jocelyn Alla becomes the only player in NCAA D1 history to lead the country in home runs in three different seasons. An historic team. And I'm just, I'm so fascinated to see what happens here tonight. 405-329-9000. I think Josh is in with us. We'll bring him in when we come back. Um, we're in the home studios today because it is it is still a single-car squad right now. We're rolling with a single-car squad right now. Unbelievable. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. What do you think, Josh? What do you think? I think... Domination is what I think. I think Jocelyn Allo, I, I would have said very unlikely that she ties and surpasses the RBI mark in this championship series, and yet not not totally crazy. I kind of think Texas is, even with the protection that's behind her in the lineup, and even coming on the heels of a game that, what, T.R.A. Jennings had a couple of bombs in her own right, I think Texas is coming into this game tonight, and they will refuse to let Allo beat them. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and it's funny. I saw Nicole Arbach tweet this last night, and I like Nicole. She wrote a really good piece on Sooner softball, and she follows the sport. And it was kind of funny because during the home run chase, no one had pitched to him, and everyone's mad. It's like, pitch to Allo, pitch to Allo. Uh, now that they're pitching to you, you're like, why would you pitch to her? <laughs> yeah, Tara, Tara Henry had that tweet. Oh, did Tara say that too? Oh, was that Tara? Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't um, that wasn't Nicole. My bad. I did. They might have both said it. It's a, it's a good thought. And I saw the, the tweet you're talking about too. And look, guilty. You got us. Yeah, I mean, it's you just sit here. And I talked about it yesterday. You don't let your best player beat you. And the problem is it's obvious in a career that Jocelyn Allo, uh, for now, has the numbers to where she's the greatest of all time. But you, it's like, okay, well, you don't let your best player beat you. You can almost make an argument that, well, they got their best player hitting one and their best player hitting two and their best player hitting three. That player hitting at four might be the best shortstop we've ever seen, so that accounts for something, right? So that's that's your person hitting four. Uh, 
what do you do? Do you just walk their first four? Listen, this last night, um, my man Steve Bullard hit me up on the uh, website twitter.com before the show started. Hey, are you going to discuss Brian Davis hitting Haley Dolcini with the tough questions causing her to cry, or will it come up later? I won't lie to you, Brian. Um, I didn't catch that until just this morning. And I thought the Mary Iacopo tweet uh, answer was the best. And, again, this is where bro sports guy is always cooler than everyone else, right? Well, I've never cried anything if it happens. See, this is why it's women's sport. But, no, it, think about what Haley Dulcini has gone through. She's on her third different team. And it's her choice, right? She went to Riverside. She went to Fresno. She's wrapping up her career here at Texas. She has been pretty dominant. And then all of a sudden, you can't do anything with Oklahoma. Not a thing. And they've adjusted, and you haven't been able to adjust. You haven't been able to. So here's what my man Steve was talking about. You be the judge. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad question. It probably could have been asked a little bit softer, but listen to, to Dolcini's answer and then the response. After, after Jocelyn gets that home run, things are still fine. But what, what, do you think the two ground balls back to you that could have been double plays, did that maybe shake you up or shake, shake the team up more than anything else? Yeah, I mean, um, errors are costly. Mary, what did you, what'd you think of tonight, pitching as a whole, just from your vantage point? They're really freaking good, so. Got a hats off to their one through nine. Back over here. <laughs> what more can you say? Mary Iacopo. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I like Mary a lot. I met Mary's parents last night. I, I met her mom last night, and they are great friends with the Jennings family. And you start looking at these rosters, and you realize, sure, uh, Mary Iacopo's playing at Texas, and Jocelyn Allo and Tiari Jennings are playing in in in, in Oklahoma and Norman. But yet yeah, they're they're all they're all from the West. They're all from California. Jossie being from Hawaii, it's really it's really cool to see how this sport in two areas that you would never think of being hotbeds for California talent. You have so much of it right here in Oklahoma and Texas, but. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a bad question. I, I didn't really think the errors were something that became too terribly costly. But, I mean, yeah, Oklahoma rolled in that first inning. But I just – I felt like you were in a – you were kind of in a wave of inevitability, right? Every time – for instance, I, I talked in that first segment, Josh. You know, Texas has a hitter that comes up whenever Hope Troutwine has walked three straight batters and she swings at the first pitch she sees. It's like, what are you doing? It's like at least make her throw you a strike, right? And J.J. Smith had a field, same player had a fielding mistake that she made at first base. Um, but I don't, I don't know if it all snowballs, right, Josh? It all snowballs. But I don't know if it's outcome changing type of plays in this game. I don't know if we had any. No, I think it's fair to say maybe you didn't, but it was clear. The stage it felt like last night, at least initially, and we'll see. I mean, this could change in one day's time. 
but it did look and feel too big for Texas. And they had a golden opportunity in this game early with the the bases loaded and the bags juiced and only came away with that one run. And as soon as Hope Troutwine and Oklahoma navigated themselves out of that first inning, only allowing the one run of damage, Mm -hmm. it was off to the races from that point forward. And the errors, they were costly. They were for Texas. I think they still lose the game without them. But it looked like a team, and it, this is something I talked about yesterday afternoon with Tyler Plank, that if there was going to be a team in this series more apt to make those kind of mistakes, it, it was Texas. And they touched on this on the, the TV broadcast last night, which I'm sure you're aware of, Plank, but I, I didn't know until they mentioned it. Did you know that Texas was the worst fielding team in the Big 12? Yeah. Yeah, their defense had been a problem all year. He has Mike White, and and I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a Mike White fan, but I've I've kind of appreciated how he is he has handled some of the 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 things that have happened. Right, it's not easy to suddenly get hit with. Wow, you pulled an offer from Jocelyn Allo. You know, it's like, well, she was 12, but this is he has he has tinkered with his lineup so much and. Josh, the place where they struggle the most is in the outfield. Um, me, Scott's got 17 errors this season at third. Mary Iacopo's got 13 behind the plate. And they've used so many different outfielders. But, I mean, they finally shelved Courtney Day and just said, you're the DP. But you've got, you've got an outfield that's made a lot of mistakes. And not just – like confirmed errors or anything of that nature, but missing cutoff people. Throwing, they're, they're not a very good field. And what's funny is I thought the same thing about UCLA, and then UCLA came, and the stats backed that up, then UCLA came out and absolutely careered over a stretch of three games defensively. But, boy, one mistake really seemed to snowball with them defensively, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did, and Texas has – has been good, really good defensively throughout its run up into this championship series. Yeah. But some of those some of those mistakes that we've seen from Texas over the course of the season reared their ugly head last night. And it's not as though Oklahoma just went out and played defensively some perfect game. They they did have the mistake, the miscommunication out in left field. But again, OU because of the familiarity with this stage, because of who they've been in the world of college softball the last six years, the last decade, it didn't phase OU at all. And, oh, by the way, they were already comfortably in front at that point. So just kind of what you expected in terms of if a team could get a little rattled, it would be Texas in the fielding department. I thought this was a fascinating stat. Did you see this making the rounds from Charles Chaney, who I guess is – From Wichita, it looks like, Mm -hmm. the Butler County Times-Gazette. Fun fact, if you take away every home run that Oklahoma softball has hit in the Women's College World Series, there's still one win away from a title. (laughs) They would have defeated Northwestern 5-2, Texas 3-2. They would have lost, obviously, to UCLA. Then they would have come back and beaten UCLA 5-0, and they would have won over Texas last night 5-1. Are you serious? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That is wild. I tried to stay off Twitter a little bit last night after the uh, 
after the shout. I get through the shout outs and then, you know, if you have those of you who have the super secret textoso line can hit me up. Um, and somehow I had alerts on for my direct messages. I didn't know I had that. Uh, so I was getting a few of those last night, but I, I kind of checked out a little bit after the game and just waited for Patrick's notes. But that is a fantastic, especially when you consider how so many people talk about the percentage of their runs that have come via the home run, right? I think it was something like 60%. You know what that's a credit to, Josh? It's a credit to the pitching and what they've done. You've had, I don't even want to say one bad outing. You've had maybe like one bad inning in this World Series from the pitching staff. One. That's it. And now you get Jordy Ball tonight after throwing 70 pitches on Saturday. I'm sorry. Everything's running together. On Monday, I'm just – I'm in awe, man. And you you joke about it a lot. But if you follow this throughout the season – some of this is no surprise. If you're just tuning in, right, which is fine, which is great. I'm glad that there's people that love the that love what this team is doing enough to at least give it a shot. I'm not saying everyone's going to love it, but if you're just tuning in, you're one. You might be saying, "How they lose three games, <laughs> right?" Because it's just so incredible what we're seeing take place in front of us right now. Defies explanation. All right. Um, We'll hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line when we come back. I've uh, not purposefully ignored it here early, but we've just been rolling through some numbers. And I didn't get to talk with Josh yesterday. So how did things go on the afternoon show? Oh, it was good. Man, it's always, always fun. I mean, look, I missed you yesterday. This is my, this is my number one, no doubt. There you go. But. It's it's fun getting to catch up with one Tyler McComas every now and again. It'd been a while. I, I I don't even know the last time that he and I got to hang out and do a little radio together. And actually, I'm back with him this afternoon as uh, one Teddy Lehman. As we know, he needs his summer R and R. We've all That's found right. this out. So with him vacationing, we've a little moving some pieces around here and there, but. It's always good. Always good hanging out with Mr. McComas. Good. Good, good. You can catch Josh then again this afternoon. All right, so Joey Helmer is coming up at 11 a.m. Uh, Tara Henry, whenever she wants, and we'll be spending a lot of time on Sooner Softball today right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. It's absolutely unbelievable that Oklahoma is on the verge of clinching this. Is it – okay, so I do – between just the five of us that are listening right now, I have allowed myself to think a little bit about the the championship call, just like I allowed myself to think a little bit about Alo's home run call. I'm also very nervous. I don't want to jinx anything. And but it would it be would it be wrong if they went to say they're the greatest ever? That's that's the question that I'm struggling with right now. The greatest team in college softball history punctuates its run with a national championship. Crown the queen. Too much? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't. And I've gone back and forth myself a little bit with that question. 
Right. Just because are they undisputably the greatest in terms of record and win percentage? No. They've been beaten now three times. But, I mean, what they've done, Plank, they've scored 31 runs the last two games against, well, one team in the championship series in Texas that knows you very, very well. Yeah, you know Texas, but guess what? The Longhorns know you very, very well, too. This is true. UCLA is the banner program historically in college softball. They've won the most national championships, and you have absolutely blasted both. One of one of these two games in which you're facing uh, elimination of your season. So you've avenged every loss that you've had. I, I don't know. I just, to me... And keep this in mind, too, for Oklahoma. Right. They have enjoyed this postseason run where they've had great hitting, we know, great pitching, we know, and great defense, we know, while really being without their ace. Jordy Ball hasn't been able to pitch. She she cracked her forearm. I mean, come on. What? What we're seeing, not just in this team, take the best pitcher away from any team that's making a run in the women's college world. It's our made run. Take Kelly Maxwell away from Oklahoma State. Take Haley Dulcini away from Texas. Take Megan Faramo away from UCLA or Holly Acevedo. You can pick one. They've got a, a pretty good staff at UCLA. Take Danielle Williams away. You know what? Take Danielle Williams away from Northwestern at the start of the regional. Are they even in the World Series? Probably not. No. No, they would not have been. (laughs) And Oklahoma just lost its ace heading into the World Series and has set a women's college World Series record for the most runs in the history of the event. Not too shabby. One thing I think everybody can agree on – it's always – it's going to be dicey when you say best ever. If right. it's not – Okay. If it's not – It's out. If it's not undisputable, right? If if this team had gone undefeated, okay, well, then everybody agrees. No doubt, hands down, it's the best team ever. But there's no arguing that if they're not the best or you're not comfortable saying they're the best, I mean, dude, they're right there. They're in the conversation, no question, with one more win. Got to finish. Got to finish the job. That's right. But, man, it's it's hard for me not to say that they are the best. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, uh, I want to hit some of your air comfort solutions text line, uh, text on the text line. We'll um, I'll touch base with Tara Henry during this timeout, see what time she's going to come on with us. Is Joey set for 11 a.m. this morning? Better be. Oh, he's set. He has been – I think he was working out, doing jumping jacks, push-ups. He's getting loose. (laughs) It's the Plank Show. Josh is back right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Josh is back. Are you – then are you shifting back to the afternoon show for the Friday? I don't think so. I I think after today it's it's just the boys having fun in the morning again. Good. Just the fellas. Couple of couple of bros hanging out celebrating a natty. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I guess we fired. I'm hoping. So, hey, did you hear? I, I don't want to make 
True Sooner and Mike Wait. So I'll save my personal story for you till later. How's that sound? Deal. I'm a one-car family right now. So, Mike, let's get you in here first. What's going on, Mike? Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, good morning, Chris. A couple Mike. of things. Don't you think, looking back, you remember talking to Gasso how she was saying the team was at a five or six <laughs> and they haven't reached that plateau yet, and yet it seems like right now the team is peaking at the right time. You know, Mike, that's a great point. I think about it a lot whenever I was talking to her pregame before that Saturday in Austin. And I feel like, you know, I'm not trying to sound cool, but I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with the coach. And she, she said in that series, Oklahoma won the first two games, and they were dominant. They were so good. And she goes, I think I'm going to tick them up to a seven right now. And then they lost that next game. And I thought I'd go down to the dugout afterwards, and I thought I'd see – and listen, no one is happy with losing, right, Mike? It's not like she's high-fiving people. But almost looking at her, you knew that she knew she got what she needed out of that series to make sure this team realized, see, I told you, you're not quite there yet. And they've continued to be pushed, and they have pushed themselves. And you're, that's, that's great recall on your part. It's, it's good to see that they're playing their best when they need to be. Then another point, too, is, I am so happy for these five redshirt seniors in this World Series. Don't you know it's great for someone like May to hit a home run last night and have that as a memory in her, you know, as she goes forward in life. John's hitting a home run in the World Series and her last games as a player for Oklahoma. And not speaking of Alo and Jennings, and we need Elam to hit one out tonight. And, <laughs> All five seniors will be adding all kinds of stars. Yeah, you you said May. I know what you mean. You meant Taylor Snow. Uh, and, Mike, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, I, I'll clean that up so softball fans don't get mad at you like they do at me. What did I screw up last night um, that I was kicking myself over? Um, oh, uh, I had written down Alyssa instead of what's their little spark, Dayton, Bella Dayton. I wrote, wrote down Alyssa Dayton instead of Bella Dayton. And as soon as she came to play, I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> what are you doing? So, anyway, yeah, Taylor. So, it is cool. In fact, uh, one of the first texts we got to the Air Comfort Solutions text line from the 614, I'm not ready for the super seniors to be done. Can we add an alumni game, an inter-squad game, or something to attend the se- to extend the season? I would love that. All right, listen, I know you guys just won the title, and the year's been a grind, but uh, after we celebrate on Tuesday, we're going to have a game uh, where the super seniors aren't allowed to leave yet. And, you know, this, that 2018 recruiting class, man, you, I was looking back on it yesterday on the show because that's, that was Jossie's, I guess it would technically be the 2017 recruiting class, right? And it was it was always it was always funny to me because when Alo's the first person that I can ever remember whenever she came in, they were like, Look out, from day one, she's gonna be a stud. She hits the ball harder than I've ever seen. Never heard that before. Granted, I was still pretty new to the game. But the whole class, it's now did everyone finish their career here at Oklahoma? No. But they all did great things, right? I mean, 
I still root for people when they transfer. I want to see them do well. And so you think about that twenty just real quick before we get a break and I'll let True wrap up the hour. But the twenty I was I was trying to find it. I found it thankfully on OUinsider.com. Thank you very much, Joey Helmer. But you know, you had Jocelyn Allo that was in that 2017 class. You had Lindsey Elam who was in that 2017 class. But Aaliyah Flores, she ended up transferring, but she was the, the Mountain West like player of the year at Boise State after sitting out a year and had a pretty good run as the starting third baseman in 2020 before she decided to leave. And Alexis Schultz, Alexis Schultz hit her first career home run for OU at Oregon State. I'll never forget it. And... Then she went off to San Diego State, and what's she doing? She's playing in the regional for San Diego State out at Arizona State, hitting home runs. Still has one of the most unforgettable laughs I'll ever hear in my life. It's an incredible class. Not just for what Alo and Elam have done, but then you add in now three transfers. And Taylor Snow, who couldn't have originally been in that class, but she chose Auburn. Right, Hope Troutwine, what Jana Johns has done. It's just, it's a great class. I hope they wrap it up tonight. We'll see. Quick break. True Sooner, we'll get you in next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Mark asks a good question on Twitter, at OUSooner82, my man Mark Worley. What does everybody think about the way Mike White coached his team last night? I think he might have demoralized them as much as Oklahoma did, but... What do you guys think? I didn't get – so during this next commercial break is Chop Up Texas audio time. Uh, I saw my man Steve's message this morning, so I had to go back and listen to the Haley Dulcini question about the error that caused her to get emotional. But I, I just – it sounds so dumb out of my mouth, but – they haven't been there when it's 16 to 1, but Texas has been in some down situations, man. They really have. Tony writes, he made a comment about tomorrow night, like in the second inning, talking about the five run first. I thought Patty was cool and calm while Texas was trying to slow down the mayhem. Didn't work. Yeah, great question. Um, I don't know, Josh. I thought. You know, during these stretches in the Women's College World Series, you see a lot of pitchers that throw that haven't thrown in a long time. So Shea O'Leary comes out of the pin last night, right? The last time Oklahoma had heard of or seen Shea O'Leary was like 2019. And it's wild because Shea O'Leary – was on the 2020 and 2021 National College Player of the Year Top 50 watch list. She was Softball America's National Freshman of the Year in 2019. And last night, she came in to pitch against Oklahoma. She threw three and a third innings. We were talking about Estelle Check. Um, that, that's more innings than Shea O'Leary has pitched combined over her last four outings which span back to March 16th. I mean, she had pitched once in May, and it was a third of an inning against Baylor. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on, but it's a mess. 
it's a mess. And when you're grasping at straws like that, you're hoping maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe something clicks. Maybe something happens where we find something that she didn't have before. But, yeah, no. Oh, you just just throttled her. I'll never forget we went down there in 19. And that was one of the more raucous series I've ever been a part of. I mean, it was it was great. It was Sid v. Miranda Ellish. There had been a little social media back and forth because Miranda had said some things. And I remember the whole thought was, man, Shaylin O'Leary has been great so far this year. It's going to be tough. And they never she never pitched. You go back to their postseason in May of 2019, Josh, and she pitched two games against Alabama. And here she is coming in and mop up duty to hopefully help them keep this game tight. It was just – so it was wild. So I can't – I mean, outside of – I mean, I don't know what you do in that situation if you're Mike White. We've been in it before in 2019. But you just try to find – they had a girl warming up that hadn't pitched this year in Courtney Day. She hadn't pitched. And when she started warming up, I was watching Whitley because she started just cracking up. What do you do? It's tough. All right, hour, hour one in the books. All right, True Sooner, hang in there. Joey's coming up at 11. The Plank Show on a championship Thursday right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Hour one brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. VHfence.com. Hit them up at 405-735-1167.